I'm excited about uh, our missions program. You know, I read in the Bible about a parable about the sower and the seed. And it talked about some of the seed was sown and it produced 30-fold and 20-fold and some 100-fold. I think that parable was given that we might find where the good soil is and there concentrate on sowing the seed of the gospel where the soil is receptive. I don't think it's right that people should hear the gospel hundreds of times and reject it. When there are folks who will respond the first time and accept it. And I think as a church, you and I ought to be very conscientious of where the soil is prime for the gospel. That's why we have buses. That's why we run buses to every city adjoining this city and run buses in this city. Kids have not discovered yet how much fun sin is. And they don't have so much to give up. You know, like hangovers, dope addiction, homosexuality. And they'll accept the gospel of Jesus Christ while we old heads are sitting around figuring out a good reason why we need to hang around in the quagmire of sin. Wonderfully said, Brother Wolfenbarger, wonderfully said. Bus kids don't have a golf swing. <laughs> and if you've watched many of folk in our church play, neither do they. <laughs> All of my kids are idiots except three. Me and my three boys were playing golf one day. I'll not mention any names. <laughs> we had just purchased brand new golf clubs, all three of us. Andrew was getting the hand-me-downs. We teed off, and there wasn't one golf ball in the fairway. One of my kids sent thousands of dollars for golf clubs, and none of us can hit them. After the resurrection of our Lord, just before he ascended back to heaven, he gave the church in existence at that time and there was only one in existence. The one he started. Just one. 
made up of 12 members. And he said, now I'm going to go back to heaven. And I have a mission, church, for you to endeavor for you to get involved in. Only one mission. It's not building gymnasiums so that you can have a kiddie program on Wednesday and Sunday. He said to the church, Mark chapter 5, I mean Mark chapter 15, or 16, or 17 or 18, wherever you can find it. Wouldn't it be terrible if I told you to turn to Mark 17? And he looked at the only church in existence at that day who were all baptized by Baptist. Every one of them. Baptized by the only man on the earth. Answer that. That might be Obama wanting some advice. (laughs) Tell him I'm here. I'd even cut the program. Just do that. And he looked at the 12 members of the only church into existence at that time. And he said in verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16, verse 15. Verse 19 says, after he had given this commission to the church, then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. No more orders. No more, this is what I want you to do. No extracurricular activity. He didn't say go and build beautiful buildings. He didn't say go and entertain them like Hollywood. He said, I want you, every one of you, every member, to be instrumental in going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. That's it. Not debatable. Not questionable. Not a prerogative. A command. For every member of the church 
to be instrumental in going to all the world, preaching the gospel to every creature. Well, preacher, I don't know what I'm supposed to do as a member of the church. You're to be involved in going into all the world, if not personally, financially, going to all the world, preaching the gospel to every creature. Now, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand that. Even a redneck from Tennessee can understand that. Matthew put it this way. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. That's the last thing Jesus commanded the church to do. That's why we have missions conferences. Because we as a church want to be obedient to our Lord's great commission. Missions did not begin in Matthew 28. It began in the Garden of Eden. As God, the Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus walked in the cool of the day in the garden, you and I was on their mind. When Adam and Eve had disobeyed God, immediately God Almighty promised that Jesus would be the seed of a woman and that that seed would bruise Satan's head, but Satan would bruise his heel. Galatians 4, 4, thousands of years later, the Bible says, And in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those that were under the law. In the Garden of Eden, Calvary was in the mind of God. And in the Garden of Eden, Immediately after the disobedience of our great, great, great grandparents, you and I are on the mind and heart of God. Missions is not something that we Baptists dreamed up. Missions is not something that started when Jesus died and was buried and rose again and ascended back to heaven. Missions began in the heart of a loving Almighty God. Christ's church should also be mission-minded. I would not want to be a member of a church that I did not know what a real-life missionary looked like. I would not want to be a member of a church where that we uh, concentrate on giving bread to the poor and letting thousands and throngs die without the bread of life. I would not want to be a member of a church where we majored on the physical and forget all about the spiritual and then at a graveside have to lie about a person in a casket. I hope they're going to heaven. 
God help us to get more concerned about our mission. Our mission is missions. Our mission is to get the gospel around the world. Oh, by the way, do you have any idea who the first missionary was? His name was Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, the Bible said. And the Word was God, and the Word was, you know the rest of it? And the Word became flesh. He made that long trip all the way from glory and got on the golden staircase of eternity and got on it as the God of the universe and got off as a little bitty baby in Bethlehem's manger. For God so loved you and me. For God so loved this world that God sent the first missionary to this world with the good news that Jesus saves. My soul, what a message. My soul, what a mission. My soul, what a mandate. My soul, what a wonderful privilege we have of preaching the gospel. The Bible says this about Jesus, and this is the will of him that sent me. That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. The first missionary. John 8 and 18, I am the one that bears witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. I'm so glad that Jesus came, that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, that Jesus arose, and Jesus ascended, and Jesus is coming back. That's what missions is all about. You see, the real mission of the church is missions. And I'm glad that Jesus Christ is sufficient to save the meanest, the vilest, and the best sinner in all the world. I've never met a sinner that Jesus could not save. Now, I've met sinners I didn't want to tell them about Jesus because I was afraid they'd whoop me if I did. But the Bible said the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Men... Some men count slackness. But God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Without missions, our church has no reason to exist. Without God's great commission of going into all the world and preaching the gospel. We should close our doors. Fill this thing full of hay. It's $100 a bale now. God would get more glory out of that than he would us sitting around here on our do-nothing and not endeavoring at least to keep the commission that God has given us to give. Our mission is missions. Well, I don't know why we should try to get them people in Africa saved. Let me tell you why. They're lost. I don't know why we should send buses to the poor neighborhoods. Let me tell you why. Kids are lost. Mom and daddies are lost. Can you imagine this? I went to the house the other day, and Ginger had printed off a picture with a, a double 
image on it. And it said, two drunkards' sons that changed the world. Two drunkard sons who saved, who changed the world. One picture was Dr. J. Frank Norris. And overlaid was another picture of Dr. Jack Hiles. Both of them, the sons of alcoholic daddies. Dr. Norris started a bus ministry in Fort Worth years ago on flatbed trucks. Hauled thousands of little boys and girls whose daddies and mothers were drunkards and harlots and brought them into the church house and changed their lives forever and reshaped a nation. And Dr. Jack Howes went to Hammond, Indiana and had the world's largest Sunday school. Somebody said they visited the church one day and they had 700 kids in the nursery. Dear God, deliver me from 700 rugrats. You realize how many nursery workers they have to have? Thousands. And both men, both men had every excuse in the world why they could turn out to be losers. But they were not. They got gloriously saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ and went on to change and shape this nation. The gospel works, folk. The gospel actually works. But without the commission... We have no reason to have a church. Without mission, without trying to accomplish, we have no reason. Legend has it that after the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again, ascended back to heaven, that an angel asked the Lord what plans he had for reaching the lost. The Lord told the angel he had trusted the gospel into the hands of individual believers like us. Because he looked at 12 and said, I want you to take the gospel. And I want you to take it into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Legend has it that the angel looked at the Lord and said, but what if they do not share the gospel with the lost? The legend goes on to say, the Lord looked at the angel and said, I have no other plan. I have no other plan. He has left within the hands of this church the only plan that he had. And that's for us to go into all the world, even some of the world we don't like, even some of the countries that we 
would be better off, we think, if they were just wiped off the face of the earth. The Lord said, I have no other plan. Why do we have missions conferences? God has no other plan. Why does God call missionaries? God has no other plan. What's God's plan for Joshua? You're the missionary. You have the message. What's God's plan for your family? You're the missionary. You have the message. Kevin, what's God's plan for your job? You're the missionary. God has no other plan. You don't do it. It won't be done. Somebody you know, immediately after they close their eyes in death, will be yelling and screaming and torment for eternity. You said, but I bought them bread when they were hungry. That won't do them much good in hell. God has no other plan. Well, why do we have missionaries? Because missions is our mission. It involves and incorporates three very important things. Number one, missions incorporates a compassionate God. If you were God, would you love you? Now, you might love you like you are, but if you were God who was holy, who was omnipotent, who is immutable, if you were God, would you die for you? I've talked to some of your wives. They wouldn't even die for you. In fact, they're praying that I'd put out a contract on you. A compassionate God. Man, you can walk up to any sinner in the world and say, somebody loves you and proved it. A compassionate God. Secondly, a compelling message. For whosoever shall believe or call upon the name of the Lord shall be, what's the word? Saved. What a message, man. Man, when that preacher walked into my living room that night 40-some years ago and told me that God loved me, <laughs> that was special. And God told he said, if you'd have been the only sin in the world, Gene, God would have died just for you. That's when tears begin to roll down my cheek. I was so mean and vile and ugly, I didn't deserve any love. I had a compassionate God, a compelling message. Can I please close with a commissioned people? What would you say the most popular verse in all the Bible? Lost, saved, unsaved, indifferent, care not. What verse in the Bible do you think would be the most popular verse 
the one best known to everybody in the world, would you say it might be close to John 3, 15? Maybe before John 3, 17. And it speaks volumes about a compassionate God that so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not, what, perish, but have, what? Hallelujah, praise God. A compassionate God. Missions involves a compassionate God. The black, the white, the yellow, the tan, God loves them all. Well, I don't know about that. I do. The Bible said, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for everybody. I can go to the black man, the the yellow man, the brown man. I I can go to the uh, weird man. I can go to the fat man. Skinny man, strong man, good-looking man. Try to find an ugly man that won't whoop me. Everybody points at Garrett. Garrett, they all point at you, not me, but. And I can say, with all the authority of the inerrant, infallible, eternal Word of God, God loves you and proved it and gave His only begotten Son just to show it. What a message, man. A compassionate God. The description of this God is that God's love is extravagant. He did not say that God loved. It says that God so loved. When I want ginger to cook fried food with real life grease. Grease meant lard. Lardy. It's good. Best way to burn potatoes or anything. Peanut oil. Healthy. My Aunt Leela died here a while back with Garrett Snuff in her lip. Nigh 100 years old. And all she ever had all of her life was lard and a bunch of it. Kids, learn how to spell lard. <laughs> Close to Lord, you just you have to. <laughs> cornbread ain't cornbread without lard. Dear Lord, give us more lard. Where did I pick up on that? Oh, I know where it was. I walk into Ginger and I say, Honey, I so love you. And she says, Lord, coming right up. Extravagant love. That's what that is. God says, I just don't love you. You dirty, rotten, filthy, 
cussing, hell-raising, lying, drinking, dope-shooting, hell-raising sinner. I so love you. I love you when nobody else loves you. And I love you when you don't deserve to be loved. I love you. I so love you. That's extravagant love. And what a message we have for a world that does not know anybody loves them. God so loves them. Dear God, if you wasn't Baptist, you'd be shouting right now. Extravagant love is infinite, so infinite it is everlasting. Jeremiah 31 says, The Lord said, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. People come to my office all the time. Preacher, I just don't love her like I used to. Or I don't love him like I used to. Love don't change. Love matures. Love is perfected. But not with God, because it was perfect to begin with. God don't love you any more today, or any less today, than it in yesterday. I have loved thee with an extravagant, everlasting, infinite love. I tell you, that's better than snuff, not near as dusty. An incomprehensible love. Paul talks about the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of God's love. And then he says, the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge. You can't understand the love of God. You just enjoy it. Amen? Go home and look in the mirror. Give a good reason why God died for you. A compassionate God. It's an indiscriminate indiscriminate love. God don't love Andrew any more than he loves me. Now he loves me more than he does Andrew. Because he's been at it longer. He don't love me any more than he loves Kevin. But thank God he don't love Kevin any more than he loves me. The Bible said God committed his love to all of us. Say, God don't love white people anymore than love black people. God don't love brown people anymore than he loves yellow people. God don't love straight people anymore than he loves crooked people. <laughs> Some of you forgot to say amen. You see, God knows that we're all sinners. Now, to us who are straight, can't understand those that are crooked. But those who are crooked, don't like being straight. But what's good about it is God loves people, not whether they're straight or whether they're crooked. 
God loves people. He hates sin. Can you say amen? You say, you're going to get somebody mad at me. Well, God will love you anyhow. Because God loves mad people and God loves happy people. And what's so good about it, God turns mad people into happy people because God makes new creatures out of them. What a wonderful message. Thank God for a compassionate God. God's love is inexhaustive. He would that have all men be saved. God is not slack, as some men count slackness. But is long-suffering to Oxford, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank God for a God who is compassionate and loves Americans and loves Iranians and loves Russians and Africans. That's why he said we're to go into all the world with the gospel because he is a compassionate God. And we're to go with a compelling message. Listen to it now, won't you show me? Let's listen. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Two words in the Bible, in the New Testament, for power. One Greek word is ekosia. You say, how do you know that? <laughs> I'm smart. Ecclesia. It means delegated authority. It means God has delegated to certain individuals authority. That's what we did when Obama put his hand on whatever book he laid it on and said, I will. people of the United States delegated him the authority to run things. Amen, preacher, amen. He is not the authority, although, let's go on, delegated authority. Another Greek word is dunamis. It's the Greek word we get our English word dynamite from. Delegated authority, big bang authority. Well now, when it's talking about the gospel of Christ in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, it's not talking about delegated authority. It is saying that the gospel is the dynamite of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. But it's the dynamite of God. One night in my living room, by my couch, 26 years old I was. The only thing I was afraid of was being broke. 
I knelt at my couch that night, a hell-raising, drinking, gambling, fighting idiot. And I stood up, a saved, born-again saint of God. The dynamite of God blew hell right out of me. What a message. A compelling message. You that are addicted, if any man be in Christ, Christ will make you a brand new creature. Give you new appetites. Give you new desires. Make you a brand new creation. You that are angry and very hostile, the dynamite of God will blow that kind of spirit out of you and stick into you a holy spirit, one that's kind and gracious. Does this world need that message or some more Mrs. Baird bread? Which would help this world more? A few fish and a few loaves or the dynamite of God? that would change and eradicate this whole world. Wish I had time, but I'm done. <laughs> Kevin, you okay? All right. If there's any fighting, you're on my side. Got that? If anybody gets mad this morning, I'll stand you up there and you'll see how tall you are. <laughs> Compassionate God. Do you know this God? The God that loves you when you're unlovable? The God that understands when nobody else understands. The God who cares when it seems like everybody else has left. That's the kind of God that wants you and I to go into all the world and preach this compelling message because we are a commissioned people. Notice what he said? Go ye. Ye is me. Ye is we. Is anybody here? Ye be thee. So I guess the ye means we. Well, I'm not going to Mexico. Son, I don't ain't, there ain't nothing wrong with Mexico. Nothing. God ain't called me down there. I used to take teenagers down there. That's what happened to my middle son. I took him to the Mexico mission trip, and he's been warped ever since. I let him go with a friend of mine who took a youth group down to Mexico on a church bus. I guess David ate too much of something he ought not to eat. Buses back in those days didn't have air conditioning. You just rolled down all the windows at 60 miles an hour. David was on the front seat. And whatever David ate has now begun to ate David. So David stuck his head out the window and relieved himself. But there was no relief to all of those with the windows from their back. And the preacher called me 
and said, your son has baptized everybody on that side of the bus in whatever he ate. It's imperative that we go. It's inclusive for every individual to be instrumental in preaching the gospel to every creature. Mark 16, go ye. We're commissioned. A missionary in China. I'm done. This is it. Kaput. Done. A missionary went to China years and years ago before Standard Oil ever tried to open any branch there. The missionary was a go-getter, a real, a real soul winner, a builder, an entrepreneur, if you please. And his work grew at such a rapid rate when Standard Oil was going to move into China. They needed somebody who was bilingual. And so they approached this missionary at becoming one of the leaders in Standard Oil there and offered the missionary a tremendous salary to come on board. The missionary declined and said, no, uh, uh, I think I'll just keep preaching the gospel and getting people saved. They came back with a counteroffer and doubled the salary. And the missionary, without any hesitation, said, no, uh, I'll not be interested in your job. God's called me to preach, and my commission is to preach the gospel and get people saved. Standard Oil said, well, I, I, I want to tell you, we cannot give you any more money. Uh, what do you want? They said, what, what, what would it take? to get you to come on board for Standard Oil and, and help us. Listen to what he said. He said, money's not the problem. The job is just too small. The job is just too small. There's nothing bigger than being a missionary. There's nothing bigger, nothing better, nothing more rewarding, nothing in this world as huge and as important as being obedient to the only commission from our resurrected Lord. That's why he said, go ye. Go ye. Yeah.